0: It, Matty, please.
1: Welcome back to, what did we call this again? What was
2: this place called? Broom room. No, that was the broom no. room. This oh. is the broom room 2.0. <sighs> something like that. I mean, it is better. Broom room. It was the broom room.
0: Oh yeah, because there the was a broom, broom in the corner. Room.
1: Yeah, um, we're back again, and we've upgraded. We've got headphones now, which. It's quite fun because Jess doesn't like hearing her own voice. There's going to be a challenge throughout this podcast to make Jess's back spasm because <laughs> that's what happens, right? I just when
0: have I have a bad reaction to anything. What is it? To hearing your own voice? A, no, what's the what's ASMR? ASMR. Yeah, I just okay. it, it sets me off. Yeah, no, no, sh- <laughs> that's so smart.
1: today is an Ask Us Anything podcast where we put out on Instagram on social media. You know, any questions for us, guys? You know our our upbringing, upbringing—that's a bit weird. Yeah, you know, uh, we you know what really? I mean. You know our, our past, you know, and uh, what we've been up to, and, and the future, the present, the past, the standard, whatever. Time. Today, yeah, <laughs> yes, the timeline. And I think if we're going to be starting with the WTF one timeline, it, it begins with the birth. You you had to go through labour, didn't you, Tommy, to, to create this this child?
2: Yeah, I. Uh, it, it was a nine-month period where uh, I think say
1: I, you were nine months in labour.
2: That too. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I, so I guess if you want to know the start, I started it in 2010. I think a lot of people, um, probably a lot of our YouTube audience as well, uh, maybe only think it started when we started in 2017, was it? With the YouTube, yeah, yeah. A lot of people um, do think that. So No, another seven yes, years. Seven years I was plugging away with it on my own. Let's
1: and and uh, give a five two eight three. so a specific question on it. How did everything start and whose idea is the creation of this show? Show. Show. More like, you know, worldwide sensation, I'd say, but it's fine, whatever.
2: This whole thing, well, yes, it was It was my idea as Matt as always... As I always call you the founder. The founder, right. yeah. Yep. So the I founded... I, I found God, that sounds great with headphones on. Sorry, come on. I, I founded WTF1 uh, in 2010. Uh, it started off as a, a Tumblr page and um should probably probably address because I saw a few questions that um, a lot of people ask. Are you F1 fans or how big of an F1 fan are you and stuff like that? No, we hate it. Yeah, Absolutely hate just, it. Can't I, stand I just it thought, you know, yeah. um, But yes, I started it because I was a huge F1 fan and realistically nothing more than that. I didn't start it because I thought, yes, this is a great business venture to no longer have... Well, back kept, then you might, couldn't yeah, make money exactly. from
1: memes, could you? Like, it's not like a.
2: <laughs> well, even even in the early days when, I think a lot of people have this perception online that when you've got like twenty, even just like twenty thousand followers, everyone thinks you're a, like a millionaire. No, and the reality was making three pounds Google Ad <laughs> money a day. Like a, the struggle. Yeah, the struggle is real. Um, so yeah, uh, the reason I set it up was because there were no. F one sites that I thought did what we do now in terms of bring a personality into it. Um, I I was a big fan of other websites. I, I used to love this site called um, Geekology, which uh, yeah was just like a tech tech website right, okay. and stuff. But I loved I loved the way the guy wrote. I loved the way the guy wrote uh, all these articles, and it was really tongue in cheek, and it was just a. Funny blog, I guess, so well, a geekology Jess is that uh, no, never no,
1: it sounds scary. I don't even want to visit no. it. I feel like I would be just blasted mm-hmm. with information.
2: It's kind of just like silly viral videos and okay. random text is things. it still going to this day? I think so. it's not as big. we're bigger than it now, which oh, is quite okay. cool so no.
0: but so were were you aware of because obviously in today's day and age with social media, there's so many ways to for anybody to start making content, but back then, I guess it was less of a thing so what made you want to start say a tumblr page or start blogging about it like were you aware obviously you said you were aware of geekology but were they similar to you were they just like an individual or was it part of a media company what kind of what was the yeah it was just process? so
2: i i just did it i was at university at the time uh, and i was just like well I, I basically I really wanted an F one site like this geekology page, and I was like, if if someone made that, I wish someone would make this site because I'd read it and love it. And um, so I just made a Tumblr because it was one of the um, it was it was a site that I could easily kind of customize without any web design knowledge or anything like that. Which um, yeah, obviously in the in the early days I had no Uh, because I was doing everything with help from uh, Katie, my wife. Um, Yeah, we were trying to do... Obviously, all that is like logos, um, hosting, all this kind of stuff that we're just kind of making up as we went along. So there were some uh, funny moments in the early days, uh, one one of which was um, because uh, as the site was inevitably getting bigger... I didn't know anything about hosting and all that kind of stuff. And uh, the site kept getting hacked. And, really? And, uh, yeah. And I was just like, well, I don't know what to do. Um, and this guy was helping me. So I used to have to just message him when it broke and be like, help. Uh, and one one day uh, it was, it wasn't a race weekend or anything, but I was just like, just check, check to the site. And the site was just porn. <gasps> <laughs> just the homepage was just some guy going to town on this person and oh. i was like okay uh so that's wtf1 now so i had to had <laughs> <laughs> to uh message uh my friend adam who's doing my hosting and be like check the site uh how how do how do we get it back to the f one to get rid of this yeah wow um, so it was tricky and it was a lot of um sleepless nights and i i, I mean i i worked my ass off on it re- yeah. realistically and for very little reward at the start. I was going to yeah. say, was, was, just, there,
0: was there ever points where you almost like threw it all in and didn't want to do it anymore?
2: Yeah, uh, quite a few times, to be honest. Uh, maybe within the first couple of years, because uh, I was at uni, when I got to third year, it was pretty full on trying to, trying to do it whilst doing university course. Mm. Um, <clears throat> sorry. And uh, yeah, someone messaged, uh, a couple of people messaged when I hadn't put anything on for like five or six days and were like what's happened are you still doing it or whatever so I kind of thought oh people like it and carried it on and then inevitably it just kind of grew and grew from there
0: was there ever a eureka moment for you when you thought okay this is really potentially going to be something huge
2: uh yeah so when I was at when I was at uni um I did music at uni by the way not anything related to what I'm doing now
0: <laughs> yeah what what part of music like just uh
2: music technology so okay. it was like um sound design and all this kind of okay. stuff uh and uh when I was in final year it was kind of the point where everyone goes out and gets work experience and opportunities um and I was everyone was doing the same degree as me so Essentially, you had to have one standout factor, I guess, um, and I just wasn't, I wasn't getting anything, and all all my kind of opportunities and stuff was coming through WTF one. So um, I got to go to Sky when they launched the Sky Sports thing, which was at the time really cool because I was mm. part time working at uh, like working a part time job and at uni, and it was like, oh, do you want to go to uh, Sky Sports and meet Damon Hill, who was like my Your idol, my yeah. idol it's like yes i do um and then things uh things happened from there like i i had a job interview with red bull and i got to the final stage of that um and it was like okay this is a better this this is the direction clearly that so it just is naturally to took and it just took naturally took me there yeah so
1: so where did the name wtf1 where did you get the name wtf1 says victor chu
2: everyone everyone loves that don't they shall like, we just clarify
1: go, first what wtf1 stands so it's, for
2: so it's who's the fastest one but i mean realistically it's just a funny name i was like wtf1 that's that's funny yeah and um yeah people um very very early on people were like what's wtf1 stand for like every comment like on a on any post would be like what does wtf1 like people are so obsessed with the we name, say who's but, the fastest one, yeah. but it's a play, obviously. Is, on, on, yeah, on exactly. Other terms. It's just <laughs> and it sticks
0: in your head, which is great. Yeah. Great branding from you. Well done. Good
2: work. Well done. You. Yeah, you I, I did a masters in branding. No, I didn't.
0: So, who was like who was the first person or company or whatever to reach out to you in a kind of more professional format to kind of almost offer you work or because I guess that's the point where it starts. It stops becoming something you do as a hobby and then turns into something where you can. Cont- like maybe turn it into a career.
2: Yeah. So I was um, I was uh, after uni. So I I didn't get that job at Red Bull, which was quite disheartening because that would have would have jumped straight into that. And even more disheartening was I ended up just working in retail uh, for like half a year, a year or something. Uh, what shop? TK Maxx. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. So I was working at TK Maxx. Uh, like part time, and also getting like crazy opportunities to do, to kind of do, like go to Sky and do these kind of things, which was cool. Um, and then uh, Red Bull contacted me again and said, You know, I've been passed over your details, I'd like you to work for us. Uh, so I started freelancing for them, um, and then that allowed me to um, go full time freelance. So I was working a lot, a lot for Red Bull, um, doing that. You got verified. <laughs> doing their <laughs> not, yeah, not bitter, um, doing their uh, website and stuff, um, and social media and all that. Uh, and that, and then because I had that free time and I wasn't doing a normal job, uh, that's where I could put a lot more effort into W T F One, and then inevitably it, it grew a lot more because I could. I mean, when when it started, it was like one post a day, if that, because it was a lot to manage. Yeah. Um, and that's when it went. I think I think we had like twenty thousand Facebook f- likes or whatever, yeah. and then I think it got to like a hundred k quite quickly when I was just doing it. You know, more more effort, put more effort into it, more time. So,
1: mm. well, any more funny stories? Because you mentioned there was a few that. I didn't know or just didn't know that um, uh, came from the early days
2: yeah I mean uh, it was it was mainly just like a lot of, um, a lot of porn screw hacking. ups porn hacking <laughs> um, there was one point where we're trying to move over the new stuff and I somehow managed to delete every article I'd ever done on WTF1 oh all the pictures all the formatting and thank god this guy got it back for me because how did you manage um, that I, I, basically we're moving it over stuff and then um after the um after it was hacked or something I think I needed to back it up and then delete everything and my brain went delete everything and, <laughs> and then I, 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 can't, <laughs> I can't remember yeah I can't remember how but I remember just going oh uh where is everything oh, and yeah God. I bet that was a time where you went oh no there was a lot of like moments here yeah, where I was just like very it, ragey and like why am I doing this is, and a fair sign, play to like sign. Katie as well my wife who probably was like could quite easily have been like why are you doing this mm. because like you say you, you you'd stay up till midnight doing stuff or whatever with a part-time job and then you're like oh I made one pound fifty of google ads today yay did
0: anyone ever tell you you were mad and that this was never gonna be like a, get a proper job essentially um
2: not really i think i think at first when i when i did like the red bull thing i think um obviously like family were a bit like oh so you're doing what you're just like writing about f1 and without really knowing much but obviously i don't think there was too many moments where it was like what you're doing i think a lot a lot of my uni friends as well was just like Oh my God, that's so cool. Cause they knew I was like massively obsessed with F1 and a lot of school friends as well. Like, um, so you might remember Jason who was on the, the podcast, obviously like that was, that was crazy to be like working with him and stuff on this because I was at school, like one of the only people that liked F1. And now, you know, people were hearing about me going to speak to Damon Hill or go to a car launch or something like that. So yeah, it was cool. And then, yeah, I... I the first race i went to as media was uh austria in 2014 when they first launched it and that was that was really cool and a bit like daunting because obviously being being the fan that was just like being the essentially the the nerd uh, uh like silverstone waving flags and stuff and then being in the paddock like oh my
1: god yeah which you um, still get to to this day
2: yeah it, it's still obviously yeah it still it still happens but um yeah, actually, the 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 fir- one of the first people I spoke to in in the paddock was um, Ted Kravitz, and um, I, I saw him there. And, and uh, very very early on, um, we used to sell a Ted Kravitz Appreciation Society t shirt that Katie had made because because Katie absolutely like loved Ted, and um,
0: loved past tense.
2: Lo- love, yeah. Well they together? He's, he's hilarious, isn't he? <laughs> um, but so I saw him and was like, oh. um just wanted to say hello um thinking that he'd just be like Who the f- are you?" yeah um, and I, and i basically said oh i just wanted to say like um my uh my wife made those t-shirts the ted kravitz t-shirts and she's like oh so do you know wtf1 i was like oh i am wtf1, <laughs> I, I, I am WTF1. and then we started chatting and he was like um yeah he was he was awesome he was like oh like i hope you get on all right because he knew it was my first race and was like if you have any if you like have any questions let yeah. me know and he said that he'd uh he'd bought the ted kravitz appreciation society shirts for his daughters and nice. stuff like he had two <laughs> he had two like three-year-old daughters or whatever yes and i was just like what a legend because because obviously like it's really daunting and you're just like what if what if all these people that are lovely on telly just mm. be like who yeah. are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say
1: you don't know how they'll be off yeah, camera, exactly, do you? Yeah. And that's quite funny because I didn't really know about that story when I met Ted at uh, F1 Live London in 2017. And I, he... Because I obviously saw him I was like, oh, cool, that's Ted. And he came up to me and was like, are you... Matt Gallagher and I was like hey <laughs> this is the wrong way yeah. around yeah. yeah no, I was about to come and say hello Ted <laughs> and he's like yeah and then he, he mentioned that he'd met you and stuff and he loves WTF1 I was just like that's so weird like that's the weirdest part is when people that you like look up to or you see on mm-hmm. television have noticed and seen what, what you're doing and yeah, yeah i bet for you in particular like how the fact you've had blood sweat and tears put into this and then someone like ted going yeah no i bought those t-shirts you're like huh Spe- Sorry, speaking
0: what? of blood sweat and tears as well because obviously now wtf1 is a part of car throttle so yeah. 2016 came around yeah. and the w- uh, car throttle acquired wtf1 from you yeah was that a difficult process to go through kind of relinquishing your baby to yes somebody it else it
2: wasn't it wasn't easy it was that yeah I had a lot of obviously we had a few conversations um it's, it's been well known that um I'd met uh Adnan who's CEO of Car Throttle uh back in 2013 2014 something like not long after I'd started this job uh with Red Bull so we had these talks before and I was like mm, that's not really the time for me I'm just you know starting um starting this job with red bull and i feel like things are going really well so don't really want to move to london i was happy i was living in leeds and i was like living the life life in Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. Leeds, 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 leeds uh yeah really enjoying it so um and then yeah when it came to 2016 we had another chat and it felt like it was the right time to do it uh i felt like it wasn't maybe maybe I'd taken it as far as I could on my own as well. Um, and also in, weirdly, like, it's always the same with things I think we've spoken about before, but when I, when I um, was growing up, obviously, I would never have imagined that I could have ever got bored writing for like Red Bull or someone, but it did get a bit, you know, static yeah. or whatever, samey. And I was just like, it'd be nice to start something new. Um, I was doing a few other freelance projects as well. Um what, what the the weirdest thing actually, and I'm not one for like fate or anything, but I uh, I was working with Mark Webber. And um obviously when as you do as you do. As you do. I his I first supercar yeah, so, stuff. Yeah, so I so I worked with him for a little bit in the WC and um the person I was working with who was his um PR person when in F one, I I remember Ringing her, and, and I, re- I really loved this job and I really liked working with her. And I was, I kind of almost felt a little bit bad. I was like, I'm really sorry, but like, I'm leaving. Uh, I've had this opportunity, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, Oh, well, everything happens for a reason, all this kind of stuff. And she's a little bit, she was like, Oh, yeah, I'm really happy for you and all this stuff. Uh, but she kept going on about all this like stuff. And I was like, Okay. And then the day after, Mark Webber announced he was retiring for a motorsport. And it was like, that's weird.
0: So your, the job that you it, had that you it, loved was going to naturally, naturally come, to an, come, an come anyway. to an end
2: anyway, and all this kind of stuff. Oh, so it's like, wow, that, that timing. Well. And then yeah, the whole car throttle thing happened, and it obviously. And, and now we're here.
0: And now we're here. And now.
2: Now we're in the cupboard. Yeah. And then
0: next to come along was Mr. Matthew You're Gallagher. Your child, me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, before we get on to me, just one last question on you, Tommy from My Hawk Norge. Why does Tommy look like he's only eighteen? because I mean considering how much you've put into this project how do you not look 50
2: I know I I don't maybe stress de-ages me I don't know.
0: I think that's definitely the opposite for yeah. most other people yeah. in the yeah. world. everybody,
2: that's different. Every, every comment, uh, like, in the early days of the podcast was like, the kid with glasses. It's like, I'm 30 <laughs> next year. 30 years old, 30. Look at this face, 30 <laughs> years.
0: You make me sick. Still get, I, still get ID'd for everything, don't you?
2: I um. So a Jehovah's Witness came to the door last week and, uh, yeah, in the middle of the day, and I answered and he went, uh, are your mum and dad in? No! <laughs>
0: Oh no <laughs> Oh yes, that's, that's even got Rory laughing behind the camera. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, and I, I rolled with it because I was like, this, this means gonna they're going me. to go away yeah. if I say no. <laughs> wow, and he okay. was even really patronizing. he was like, "Oh, so you're in charge of the house today and stuff. I was no. like,
0: no, He full on like, yeah, full on thought I was dude. like twelve,
2: yeah, yeah, I should have showed him your wedding ring, like, uh yeah, yeah.
0: Or like really played it up and been like, yeah, I'm in an like arranged marriage or something. I got married <laughs> off when I was twelve. Like really play it up, see what see what you said. It's holding a
2: sign like help me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's
0: not the
1: worst problem to have, is it? Be it looking no, because be you'll still look twenty when you're seventy. So that's uh, that's great. Everyone else just gets really really old. Um, so yeah, and then I arrived um, on the scene. Uh, oh Kids love F1. asks how did Matt get hired by WTF1. That's kind of more of a question, I guess, to, to you, Tommy. Uh, how,
2: how did you find me? <laughs> I found it. How did you find <laughs> this? Um, yeah, so when we were looking for the, for the YouTube channel... Um, and this was a secret project, wasn't this it? Was this was a secret was project because uh, I messaged you on Twitter and this was still... So um, a lot of people didn't know what you were doing because um, you had to say, like, oh, I've got this news... Yeah, when I've got, um, when I've got the job, yeah. And obviously, we couldn't say anything about the the car throttle acquisition for a while, so there was like a four or five month period where we were just sort of
1: you're right, Jess, just smacking the mic stand and sort patient. of
2: hiring people and and sorting things while also being like, "Do you want to join this project?" I can't tell you anything about it, but um, yeah, so that yeah. was that was weird.
1: That was the first. Yeah, I messaged
2: I, you, didn't I? On Twitter or something I think saying like <clears throat> can you why, come in for why an interview
0: Matt, why Matty though
1: uh, so I'm going to try and find that DM whilst
2: you talk go on yeah it'll still be there probably um, we were looking through uh, different YouTubers and presenters and stuff and naturally uh, a bit like really early on and how I said about F1 sites and motorsport sites being quite very news and how do I say boring without saying boring but yeah like very straight laced and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff Um so yeah we were um, uh, me uh, Gabs Adnan um, Katie was helping as well like looking to all these y- YouTubers and stuff and um, yeah we saw we saw Matt like all all these presenters and then we played the video with Matt and uh, I think uh, Alex uh, from Carthrott was in the meeting as well and it, we watched the video of you uh when Nico Rosberg had just been announced as retiring yeah, and brilliant. you sort of shouting around your kitchen. Yeah. And we and obviously we we're just like, This is WTF one here. <laughs> and there you go. You you shouting about Nico Rosberg yeah. around your kitchen got you a job. It's quite a funny
1: story really because I remember I think I was just I was just at home just chilling and then I just saw on BBC or whatever Nick Roswell retires and I kid you not I ran downstairs with my little what was it the what's that camera the G7 little one Next. G7X x one yeah that's it um, and I ran downstairs with my camera plonked it on the bookshelf and I was like ah. Five minutes of that ran back upstairs uploaded it literally like, hardly any editing or anything like that i was just like i need to get this out now and it went reasonably big and obviously you guys saw it and whatnot and um yeah it's just it's weird to think that out of all those videos i used to do on my old channel um <laughs> that was the one that you were like yeah that's you know, wtf1 because you know that's probably not the best content i've ever made but i guess you kind of saw the kind of personality that
2: yeah so saw so the personality and and how it would you know it would be more. obviously we took a while to find what we're doing like your your first shoot was that (laughs) i know this triggers you so much for that lotus shoot where it was like okay um so we don't really know what we're doing with the youtube channel uh we're (coughs) just doing it about f1 i know you spend your time raging about Nico Rosberg and playing video games but can you stand with uh the son of colin chapman Chapman, and talk about lotus cars and you were like Very nervous, and
0: I think the one thing I remember from that shoot, and it's amazing looking back on like our first videos to now, that you didn't know even know where to put your hands. I think that was the biggest thing where you were just like, "Uh, "Oh
1: goodness me!" Like um, that that whole shoot was was petrifying because I mean, just to take it back, so obviously Tommy messaged me. Um, you didn't do it on D- DMs. I don't know. You may have emailed. I think you emailed me. Oh, right. um, but then <laughs> I, I remember sending you the DM after our first meeting okay. of like talking about you know, this opportunity, but I didn't really know what the opportunity was. but you're like, yeah, but we're going to do something. I was like, great. Or what? <laughs> we're going to do something, which, you know, about Formula One. And then I was like, great to meet you guys earlier. Nice to meet people of a similar mindset. Then the, the arm emoji. I was like, looking back, I'm like, you're such a Keno. Um, <laughs> uh, and then obviously Tom was like, yeah, thanks for coming in. It was good to meet you. And I remember just sitting on the train going. Does that mean they like me? Does that mean they don't like me? I, was, I just like look at like analysing it thinking... Because, you know, when you spoke to me about it, I didn't know the ins and outs of it, but I knew that, geez, this is an opportunity that I can't miss. Um, and then I remember you messaging me going, hey, mate, how's it going? Loving the streams you've been doing recently. Thought it'd be easy to chat, here than email. Need to sort out a few things if possible. No major rush. I was like, what things? What things do you need to sort with? Can you tell me the
2: timestamp on uh, that? So
1: that was... a 2.39 and I was like okay I think I've left it long enough and I went hello mate far away I'm all good thanks pal yourself and that was at 2.40 so that was one <laughs> minute I was just sitting there going okay all right, how long do I leave this <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah but, but at that point so you were full-time YouTubing yeah or? so
1: at that point I was yeah so I before this I used to work with young people for oh god three three and a half years I used to work in schools kind of doing a, a sort of a counselling type job where you know i'd speak to them about issues and you know school options and whatnot um and i did youtube on the side uh just playing f1 games shouting raging just you know ha- no cares in the world it was literally just a this is fun i'm gonna do it whilst i've got my full-time job so you know it was great but then it started to pick up and i was like okay all right decent amount of subscribers and you know make a bit of money and like okay where's this going um and then i i uh, the job that I had with young people came to an end because of public funding and whatnot so then I was like okay let's just let's try this YouTube thing for a few, for a few months whilst I look for something else um, and then obviously that's when you, you messaged me uh, and whatnot about about the whole WTF1 thing so it kind of came at a good time I mean I was kind of enjoying what I was doing I was, I was you know, streaming on Twitch doing YouTube as well so uh, it was it was yeah, it was good, but I kind of needed something a bit more to to push me out there. Uh, and then obviously we had the test shoot, which which you mentioned, which yeah, it was the most petrifying day of my life because obviously I knew all the details then about you know youtube presenter blah 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 oh my god presenter oh my god all I do is shout at games (laughs) uh and yeah and as you said about my hands I just remember yeah can you speak to like Clive Chapman I was like cool I know nothing about this man I know not much about the Lotus 49 but hey let's interview him and I just remember standing there. I was like where do I put my hands I was just just kind of down by my side do I do anything with them and obviously looking back at it if people were to look back at that video it's um quite the difference uh, to, to now which is great I'm glad I've improved somewhere so it, it's just it's, it's nice to look back because you you know you, you don't really kind of see how much you come on and, unless you've actually got it there in front of you and yeah that shoot was was, was scary um, but I'm you know glad that there was <laughs> some potential that came through otherwise I probably would have been very devastated but it was uh, yeah quite quite the journey obviously we're here now so, and um, so go, right. going
0: back to the beginning what made you start uploading videos to youtube or streaming on twitch like what what was the kind of trigger point for
1: you oh i was as tommy is the same it was kind of like a i'm a massive formula 1 fan i loved playing the game at the time i loved like competitively racing back when esports didn't exist it was all very much all for fun um and I was just sat there and I was like, I'd like, you know, some people started to upload on YouTube. I was like, oh, this is quite cool. Because I wanted to show people how good I was at the game. It was all an <laughs> ego trip, really. I was like, I just want to upload and show people that I can do fast lap times. And, um, and then it kind of just went from there. And, you know, it, it kind of just coincided with the fact that I loved Formula One. And then I was like, oh, actually, I like talking into a microphone as well. And then, and then I started putting voice over. I mean, oh, my God. Some of my early videos are the worst things you'll ever see.
0: I think my favorite like, one is, what's the Grosjean one?
1: Oh the oh, Grosjean my song, goodness yeah. me! The Roman Grosjean parody song of uh, yeah, Lewis turned into me. That's it.
2: Yeah, yeah that, so that's, that's you and your mate with a Roman Grosjean mask on singing. The Backstreet, Backstreet Boys. I want it that
1: saying, way yeah. in the in the style of Lewis turned into me. So yeah, literally just sat down, changed all the lyrics, and then uh, my friend Jody. You know, he he was like, yeah, I can film the music video if he was Like this is going to be dreadful, but yeah, sure, because I don't know what I'm going to do with it. <laughs> and then he just he made a Roman Grosjean mask, sat in his bedroom, and just started like. Oh, it's, it is one of the worst videos ever but people still to this day message me about it oh Lewis turned me oh, has anyone seen this oh, old school XMAG and stuff and it's crazy to look back on because that was all just for innocent fun never thought I'd get more than 10 views yeah, I just remember the first time when I first launched my channel and obviously no subscribers no one knew who I was and I was on forum after forum after forum just copying pasting oh, have you, anyone seen my hot lap around America oh, just really geeky but you know I was just like okay. Like, oh my god I've got 10 views 10 people have seen me yeah. you know, oh, I've got a hundred subscribers. I remember thinking, I'm oh, a hundred people? I could fill a room with this. You <laughs> yeah, know?
2: I always, I always used to imagine like how many people yeah. like, like check the size of stadiums and be like, oh my God, I could fill out Wembley <laughs> with the yeah. people that are here. Not quite
1: with. Wembley yet. Yeah. I was I at a hundred subscribers. But yeah, I, you know, I, mean? was, I could fill a small kitchen in yeah. with this, you know? And,
0: a small kitchen?
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe not a hundred, maybe ten. But yeah, it was it was just... Crazy to kind of see, and it's weird that how your expectations change with it, especially with with both with WTF One and my old channel. It's kind of like, you know, you see you see get to a milestone, then you're like, okay, I want to get to the next milestone now, and it's it's it kind of just constantly pushes you to to keep going and. Yeah, it's it's weird that because then YouTube then became quite monetizable, and then you had like companies coming at, coming to you and being like, okay, we want to partner with your channel. And then I'm sat there like going, I don't have a clue if this is a good or bad deal. There's a massive contract with a hundred pages. Do I read all this? Do I just sign? You know, and it's it's those kind of things that you're not used to at all, and it just throws you in. So it was it was well, without it, I wouldn't be here. So I have a lot to owe to me snapping discs and throwing it out my window and. And all that good stuff and a lot of people say you oh, know where's the, the the matty rage gone and you know i think a lot of people don't maybe understand that these two ventures are very different you know XMG g was very much a i just upload whatever the hell i want there's no repercussions it's just me whereas obviously this is a much more professional outlet there is still fun we still have a lot of fun but um it's there's there's time and places for rage and we do have rage but not in the way of you know calling people certain
2: words <laughs> so <laughs>
1: so yeah it was uh it's been a it's been a ride it's been a i can't believe it's been two years now since the youtube channel pretty much launched so
2: yeah well i mean well, we were, were auto sport started. doing a video the other day and uh yeah that was where the famous clive chapman video was shot so People need to go and watch that
1: and just just let us know what you think because it was it was fun. Get get that
2: video to 100k.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right, moving on from me. um, Formula Fangirl has a question for all three of us. What made each of you want to do this as a profession? I think we probably both covered We've that, covered that. Uh, but there's there's one person that, that hasn't just yet. So, yeah. Jess, it's probably a good time for you to go. And how did you get the foot in your uh, get the foot in the door? Get your foot in the door. Uh, Something has happened to me recently in the motorsport world. so uh, I'm interested to hear what happened to all of you. Well, congratulations, Formula Fangirl, for whatever news that is. But yeah. how did you get your foot in the door? That's awesome, Jess? Um
0: Obviously, my, my story is way different from either of yours. You're telling me you
1: didn't play games and throw things out the window? I
0: did, but just not in public or (laughs) on YouTube. I didn't film it. Yeah, I kept that that private. I still do that to this day, but just (laughs) no one sees it. Um, But yeah, I guess I've got maybe more of a boring way of getting here. Like I'm not... Okay, cool. Moving on. (laughs) Exactly. No, to be honest, might as well. But yeah, I'd I'd always been a Formula 1 fan my whole life, kind of like you guys and probably most of the people watching. Um, or listening now, um and it never occurred to me that you that I could get a job here. I always thought like wouldn't it be cool if I could do something in f one but i didn't know what I was good at yet um or kind of what my expertise could be whereas I guess like you guys loved creating content making things uploading whereas I was always a bit more like well people probably don't want to hear the fact that I sound like Hermione Granger and um (laughs) you know is it really a place for me like that side of things never really appealed to me I was more kind of business orientated always thought I was going to run my own business at some point Um, and I went to uni and I did English Lit because that's what most people do when they don't know what they want to do with their lives Um, and massively enjoyed it had an amazing time and then kind of got to my uh, final year and went I should probably get a job so one of our family friends um, Ravers he worked uh, previously at uh, a media company called Haymarket that owned Autosport and it was one of those things where media had always fascinated me you know I always thought maybe I'd go into advertising and make tv commercials and stuff because I always found that the kind of the psychology behind it and the creativity behind it really interesting um I remember when I was a kid I used to this is really geeky but I used to like imagine tv commercials in my head as I was like walking around like just just because um and I loved like um what's that what's that film with Mel Gibson um where he can hear women's thoughts.
2: Uh, I know what you mean. I can't. Um,
0: I can't remember what that one was. It called. It. It's a I've proper classic yeah, '90s yeah. film. Anyway, so that's all about an advertising agency, and I love that film and, and stuff, which is really geeky. But um, so anyway what, the, women, what want. women want what women <laughs> want That's I literally it. typed
1: in Mel a movie and someone had literally written Mel a movie where he hears women's thoughts so there you go exactly what, what women did want. you search this earlier <laughs> no I
0: didn't I should have done though there you go. Um, so anyway there were um, Haymarket do a lot of graduate jobs um, kind of in media sales and I didn't really know what media sales meant um, but I knew it was kind of get my foot in the door in media and maybe it could lead to something else so i went and applied and there was a role going at autosport so i was like oh my god maybe i can work in motorsport like straight away straight out of uni wouldn't that be amazing um and i was actually there with um someone who now is one of my best friends we we went to the same like induction day and it was all very like you know like it was like some kind of fbi training thing it wasn't really but it was like everyone in a room and they kind of tested you and then halfway through the day they pull people out and then you never saw them again and oh. it was kind of intense wow um and anyway um myself and katie um shout out to katie snowball she we were the, the last two candidates remaining and there was one job on autosport and one job on another title called management today and um we both got to the final interview and then we got uh, each got phone calls kind of like the next day or something like that. And they called me up and they were like, we'd like to offer you a job. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm so excited. And they were like, yeah, it's on management today. And I was like, okay, (laughs) but I I still took it because I thought, you know, You never know, maybe I can get on Autosport at some point, Um, which did actually end up happening. So I worked on management today for a couple of years um, and I was selling advertisement, so selling space in the back of a magazine um, and then moved on to selling kind of website banners and stuff, so all the stuff that everybody loves whenever they click onto a website. That was me. Um, And then uh, a job at Autosport came up and I moved on to that and loved it because it meant I could talk about F1 all day, every day, and that was my job. Um and I kind of whilst I was there, it was it was becoming apparent that social media was really taking off. And I was like, we're like we're not doing enough in this space. Like there's so much more we could be doing social media wise. And then that made me kind of look at F1 in general and obviously Bernie Eccleston didn't believe in social media. He thought it was a phase and it might well be a phase, but it's been a long old phase.
1: Yeah, and it's very
0: big. Um and it's massive. So I was like, look, there's got to be more stuff that we can be doing around this. And for one reason or another, it wasn't really on Haymarket's agenda to go down that route. And so I was starting to get really frustrated because it was such a massive opportunity and we weren't capitalising on it. And then I... I got a recruit, recruiter contacted me and said there's a job at Carthrottle going which is all about social media it's all about like young millennials and and they've got a sales job going do you want it and I was like yeah that sounds awesome and as much as it was a step away from F1 I kind of thought you know I need to move there because this was before Carthrottle had bought WTF1 so I had no idea that was going on and um so I moved across I made the leap and joined Car Throttle and it was a completely different world it was talking about social media using social media day in day out which was amazing and then not long after I joined Adnan was like have you heard of WTF1 and I was like I've literally been following this since 2011 like it's the best (laughs) thing on the internet um and proper fangirled about it for how how long
2: how long were you at Car Throttle for before I so
0: I joined in January and you kind That's of came like on board October-ish, October yeah. so I only had to wait less than a year until <laughs> sport <motorsport> came <laughs> back into my life the days. but it is it's so much like that Mark Webber's PR woman is right like I really believe everything happens for a reason and it's not a case of like you sit back and let fate take the wheel like you do have to make decisions but it's amazing like if you do make decisions that even might seem tough at the time you, it usually leads you down towards at least what you're going for, and yeah, it might take risk. It might take. It might seem like the worst idea in the world at, the, at that point, but it's amazing what you can make out of those opportunities. So anyway, got told that we were buying WTF one. Um, And I remember Tommy's first day when you came into the office. I think I almost jumped on you, like (laughs) not not in a sexual (laughs) way, not in a sexual way.
2: How did uh, how did your wife take that? uh, Oh yeah, we should probably address the comment that was like, "Are you married?" And uh, Gabs, our COO, was like, "Yes," and it's like, "No, No, we're not. We're
0: not married. Um, You're married to a very wonderful woman called Katie, who, as you heard in previous stories, was." Pretty instrumental in yeah. WTF One coming into being, so thank you, Katie. Thank no, you, Katie. Um,
2: shout out to Katie. <laughs>
0: shout out to the wife. Give your shout out? But yeah, I, th- I remember it was it was myself and George who used to work for us, and we basically like pinned yeah. you into a corner. I, I
2: remember that day because um, George uh, George who was a de- developer,
0: right? Yeah, he was our CTO. Yeah,
2: um, he was again like massive WTF One fan, and he in the early days he was helping me fix all the. Um, well, spam and porn and Russian <laughs> hacking and everything that was like wrong with WTF one. Uh, and I remember coming in that first day and I was like, "Oh, thanks very much." I think I had a WTF one T-shirt or something. And then you, you were there as well, and you're like, "Oh, I'm such a big fan of WTF one." And I was there like giving George this T-shirt, and I was like, "Oh, I should have got one for you." If I, didn't <laughs> I think you
0: managed to find a Maldonado. Um, I got some stickers yeah yeah so I was like and you gave me a pin badge and I was like this is literally the coolest thing ever and I remember telling my friends um because there was a bunch of us who would always we had like a, a text group or whatsapp group um that we would talk about f1 stuff in and we would always share like wtf1 stuff in there and be like this is hilarious um and so when I told them that I'd met the founder I think I took a selfie and like put it in there and they I were like, Oh that. my god, is that Tom Bellingham? It was like you were a celebrity. It was amazing. The, the
2: weirdest thing there, and it's it's still the it's still the same now. Um, but yeah, especially especially even then, like going to that first day when everyone was so excited, like because I was kind of the nerd behind it and almost like couldn't detach from this little bubble, it that was so weird for me to that anyone would ever even care that much about it like you see the the figures and stuff but until you meet people and they talk to you about it i'm sure you're the same like you're just like oh wow this means this means something to people yeah
1: it's 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 very weird yeah i'm I'm exactly the same when it comes to looking at numbers on the screen obviously you know you look at statistics you want to hit this that and the other but then you go to an event like autosport which we did recently or you know any kind of formula one motorsport event you know people come up to you and you know, they want a picture, and then you feel them like shaking, and you're like, please, come on. It's like, it's Chris, it's so weird. Because you still look it's, at
0: yourself as just a normal person. I'm just
1: an F1 fan that talks crap
2: into well, my, a camera. Uh, so. When we got back from that day at Autosport, my, you know, the Facebook thing that tells you. Blah, blah, blah. How many years ago, or whatever? Yeah. And it was like eight years ago, and it was a picture of me at auto support next to David Coulthard, probably shaking like at a picture of me with him. And it's like, it's, it's crazy how, like, since then, yeah, it, it's mad. It's just absolutely mad.
1: I've got a funny story actually. Only two, three days ago, uh, not even that, two days ago, uh, my sister uh called me she's you know she's a fan of of what i do and what wtf1 does and whatnot and um apparently she was on a bus uh because she's just moved to oxford university uh also brooks she's not that clever but oh, <laughs> <your> <laughs> joking Lo- love you G. um and she heard some people on the bus talking about schumacher uh and she knows that i love schumacher that's the only thing she probably does know about me in formula one but um she that i think she had had a few drinks and she'd uh she'd mentioned oh uh you know, uh, my brother works for Formula One and, you know, he's from WTF1. Apparently, they all just lost their minds. No they way. were like, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. You know, they were, Justina um, was telling me, then she rang me and I was like, hello? And she was like, yeah, oh my God, there's these guys on the bus that love WTF1. Apparently, one of them can't even breathe. Can you speak to them? <laughs> and I was like, Bit weird, but sure, okay. Uh, and then they passed them over. Like, Matt, oh my god, this can't be real. You know, and I'm just sat there, just it, it, I think I'm in my like boxes, just like hi. Uh, <laughs> it, it, yeah, yeah, how are you? you know, I was gonna say, do you, like,
0: do you have a catchphrase? I can't. Do you really? I guess there's not really anything not really like hi. I'm Matt. We're WTF one. We're out. You out should there. have just said. You should have said, said that to them and see if their like minds oh, yeah, <laughs> were
1: blown. <laughs> it was just so weird. I can hardly breathe. Oh my god, I love WTF one. One of them messaged me at five to four in the morning after a great night. Out clearly and just be, and then something like this essay of like how much he loves WTF one and things like that. I'm just kind of obviously I'm so appreciative and it just it just blows my mind that people get so worked up over what we do and you know like internet's best reactions is obviously a huge series that people mention quite a lot and it just like for you obviously with the you know you actually created the whole thing and it's like the YouTube side as well the fact that people are so invested in what we do is is insane. Yeah, and I think
2: um without skipping too far ahead because that will probably come up later but yeah i i remember when we went to baku and that was what has it been like a year since we kind of started the youtube properly and um i remember just walking around and like people were like saying hello to like me you and ali and stuff and like i I remember like ali got like someone else for a photo with him and we were just like oh my god this is crazy and then we were doing the grid walk and someone uh just shouted my name and I was like, "Oh, oh, you're right." And it's like, "Yeah, can I have your autograph?" And I didn't, I don't have an autograph. And yeah, I was just like, that's exactly "What do what I?" I want? What? You want my autograph? And like, they're giving me this cap that's signed by like F1 drivers, yeah. and I'm like, "Okay." But I, it's, it's Matt. It's like insane. It, it was, it was really weird. And I remember you coming up to me like, "We're in Azerbaijan, <laughs> and there's these People kids know us. like." Huh? going crazy for WTF1 is awesome it's so
1: cool and I think a lot of people maybe and it's probably just because of the way it is but like WTF1 as a brand you know it it kind of that's what a lot of people see they see me on camera and whatever and they they don't really just realize that maybe if you were to strip it all back that we're just F1 fans that are so passionate about the, the sport and we want to share whatever our opinions and whatnot and it, I think it's, it's probably that's what quite it's always, to,
2: yeah that's what it's always been like from from day one and that, that's why like you guys doing it is so great as well because we're all F1 fans mm-hmm. like the the whole point of me like writing it on those Tumblr things was it's not written like a an essay or a press release mm-hmm. it's written like I'm the nerdy F1 fan like you that's kid head to toe in merchandise and waving a flag at races mm-hmm.
0: and this is my this take, is on, my it. take yeah. on it yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah yeah whereas a lot of people may be hired to write about Formula 1 that maybe aren't as big of a fan as, as we are and maybe that's sometimes when we get in trouble when we, we we're almost too passionate about things and or too opinionated but that's that's what we are we're, we're f1 fans and and, mm. and that's that's kind of where we'll always be
0: isn't there a question on there about does it kind of working in f1 does it spoil yes
1: uh here we go um right okay i found it does what uh, from chris o'brien brian does watching motorsport for your job change how you view motorsport
0: i guess inevitably yes i think just but just because You've gone from a complete outsider position and watching F1 and only seeing, you know, what the media puts out or what you see um, from the TV coverage. Or you know, social media obviously gives you a, much more of an insight. But I think when you work behind the scenes, you're obviously you're you're getting fed new information. I don't think it's like it's not made me hate or love it any. Actually, to be honest, I probably love it more mm. um, just because you understand the way things are or why they are. Um, but i think undoubtedly like undoubtedly it changes it slightly Mm. but not not your enjoy like i still want to sit down and watch every single race regardless of how much f1 stuff or how tired or however like
2: it's changed it for me a lot because obviously i would be um essentially i'm working all all through the races so Mm -hmm. i'll be tweeting and obviously anything that happens as well um so, so, say like uh, when Daniel Ricciardo announced that he was going to Renault that that day in the office. If I was a fan, we'd be you know I'd be messaging my friends going, "Oh my god, that's absolutely crazy!" But obviously, us in the office were like, "Right, we need content on this. Yeah. Let, like, let's work this out. How are we going to do what we do? What are you going to do for the social posts? What are you going to do for a YouTube video?" Yeah, and it and you're kind of in work mode as well. But but like you say, it's not it's not made me love it any less, and especially going to events and stuff it's still like even just going to an event where there's f1 cars it's just like this is so cool
1: yeah i mean the access is is amazing and you know i, I wouldn't change that for the world but it, it, it has changed again for me like internet's best reactions is on my mind when things are happening i'm always on social media kind of looking up to watch the race and then be like okay nothing's much happening let's see if there's another funny tweet so for me it has changed obviously from j- just sitting there relaxed and and whatnot but this is the stuff you put in to to get the rewards of being able to go to races and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's changed it, but not for a good or bad way. It's just it's just different, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So okay, let's we're st- do. We're some... still just
0: nutty about F one. Oh,
1: we're absolutely <laughs> yeah, I, it's absolutely fine by me. Let's do some quick. For oh no, actually, you want to do was it Jack Aitken? Yes, let's mention Jack Aitken. Maxito underscore C. How did your partnership slash sponsorship of Jack Aitken come about? Uh,
2: so yeah, I I uh, worked with um one of jack's friends uh, james and uh, when we were when it was still very early on i think 2013 maybe early 2013 yeah. and uh, i asked james i was like oh I'd, I'd like a racing driver to blog for the site it'd be really interesting to get an insight of what it's like to be a junior driver yeah um do you have anyone like because he was doing social media for a few different drivers uh, and he said, oh, how about this guy? And I was like, is he good? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> and then about four months, five months later, he won the Euro Cup championship and the Formula Renault championship. And that's when we started putting stickers on the car and stuff. And then like, so yeah, he's worked his way up to uh, to be Renault, Renault reserve driver, which is insane. Um, again, like it, it's kind of cool that his story has kind of Growing followed- winners with us like yeah yeah, it's really cool so yeah it was it was awesome
1: good guy Jack Aitken a man that's been on the podcast a few times uh, since we launched it um (laughs) this one's to you as well Tommy Uh, Kids Love F1 who came up with That's Radeon actually
2: yeah we got a lot of that (laughs) we got a lot of those questions um again it's a really early it I think I only saw two people when we released that video that was like only OG fans remember this joke and stuff, because while, while it was very much like the modern WTF-1, it's also a bit of a throwback as well. Yeah. So um, every time I'd post something, particularly on Facebook, no offense to Facebook, um, people uh, would kind of nitpick with technicalities of things. Uh, and especially uh, with the O Rouge Radeon thing, um, I just want to say as well, like the 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 thing in the video is obviously a character. That's not how I am as a person. Like <laughs> nitpicking every little thing. No, nah, it's you, <laughs> <laughs> um, Because every time we'd post something, and obviously I'm there thinking, "Oh rouge," uh, people will know "oh rouge," mm-hmm. so I'll write "oh rouge" even if it's radion. And uh, yeah, you you'll get a few comments like, "Oh." that bit's radion and people would start having a conversation about it uh yeah so so that kind of happened and it was the same I drove um I got to drive uh Danica Patrick's stock car uh which is a NASCAR but when when I obviously naturally I don't think of stock car I don't I don't see a stock car as a NASCAR I just said I've driven a NASCAR yeah and everyone's like well, you've not driven a NASCAR because <laughs> Is that that's voice like, again? yeah, it's like that's saying like you drove an FIA. That's <laughs> uh, the governing body of stock car racing. And, and that's a great yeah, thing. Yeah, And uh, but obviously, I I wrote NASCAR because like people would understand what I mean. Yeah. But there yeah. was always that little audience. So then, obviously, when we did the girl of the grandstand, I think we we'd made a few jokes on it recently, and you were just like, I want you to, I want you to be that guy. Yeah. Here's the pointer. <laughs> do it. So, yeah, obviously, we had no idea that video was going to be quite so instrumental massive. in yeah.
1: the uh, education of where and Radion actually is. Um, maybe, well, we'll see what the, the meme is for 2019. I think that was a question. What do we think the meme of 2019 will be? <laughs>
0: If it's anything like Radeon, it's going to be like half made up two days before we go to oh, shoot yeah. with no intention of anything yeah. blowing up.
1: This will be a terrible video. Oh, oh no, it's okay. blowing the internet up. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean,
0: yeah. we almost didn't release that video. Yeah, I heard yeah. there was this internal almost, discussions, wasn't there? We so. almost didn't do it because we were like, oh, no, like, is it funny enough? Is it... Does it look okay? Like, does it look a little like rough and ready? And then we just hit the live button, and that (laughs) was it. Um, uh, That was Rory's one of Rory's first shoots. That was your first
1: shoot, wasn't it, Rory? It was.
2: uh,
0: Yeah. So yeah, we were a bit like, oh, this Rory guy's a bit shit. (laughs) So maybe we won't go live, but then we made the call because it was just so, like I found myself watching it over and over and over again. Yeah, that we just like hit the live button and then the rest is history.
1: I've uh, loved the, editing that. Brought it back. the editing. No, yeah. the, oh, don't no, the uh, on-screen personalities did. Sorry, Rory. I mean,
0: I think the funniest thing behind that story as well is that that ha- happened at the end of our WTF One Grand Prix. We were all deliriously tired. Mm-hmm. We lost people we didn't know where anyone was that took part we thought people weren't gonna take part because we went hey guys if you want to be in grill the grandstand stick around and then no one was there and we were like oh my god no one wants to be in our video and you and i were running around like mad things around (laughs) buckmore park going who's gonna be in this video and no one was there and then we found out that they'd actually gone to the grandstand (laughs) because we'd said grill the grandstand so they went to the grandstand and then we had this flock of people emerged. so it was like we got on a, an emotional roller coaster yeah. of oh no this video is not gonna yeah. work To oh my god there's so <laughs> there's many, people many people here and i was like ushering people in and like lando norris was in the corner like probably wanting to go home but then dying in a heap on the floor like it was just so the, the backstory of that video is insane considering <laughs> cool. then what happened afterwards yeah but i mean so
2: many outtakes as well of us just trying to do that outro
0: so, yeah, <laughs> it quick, was like twenty minutes.
2: Is, How'd you find it? Yep.
0: Quick, quick answer is we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> yeah,
2: basically, if
1: we're delirious, but that's when the viral videos will come. Exactly so that. Uh, we're, so we're, we're
0: just gonna work you to the ground. You're not gonna have any off time. Like fine by me. Of if, cool. if it creates awesome. the content, that's great.
1: Um, <laughs> Look into the future very quickly before we get into a few quick fire random questions. Um, Harvard Triguzet. What do you see, this is actually quite a funny uh, message. What do you see the project of WTF1 becoming? Doth there sleepeth a fantasy of a new media takeover of the coverage of F1? Outrageously dreaming here. But maybe an end result being that when terrestrial television gets outdated, you could fetch a license and do coverage on a streaming platform? Shocked face. Or perhaps some of you harbour a secret wish of being one of the next generation F1 pundits. Where's, F, where's WTF1 going?
0: I guess, you know, you know the sky's the limit. We're, we're here to make sure that fans have a voice in F1, coming at it from a different perspective from a lot of other media sites, which equally have their place in F1. We think we have ours too. So, you know, if we can do more things and work closely with racing series like we already do already, like we've got amazing partnerships with World Rallycross and Formula E, um, to kind of like our mission is to make motorsport accessible for everybody so that you don't have to have somebody as your gatekeeper into f1 you can just discover it for yourself and have the confidence to like it because motorsport can be quite confusing and there's a lot of jargon and terminology and it's it's that's where we want to be so if that means that we can get to that level where we're you know you never know what's going to happen there's been a lot of change in especially f1 um in recent times so you know, we're always looking for how can we do this better. How can we be that voice for fans? Um, and so that's just that's what's going to keep driving us forward um, and keep us here. And you know, we're always looking for input from our fans about what they want, so that we can then go out into the world and kind of try and make it happen. Um, we had an incredible year last year. I, I seriously look back on it and I'm like, how did we really do all this? <laughs> um, but you know. Each year just looks like it's going to get better and better. And if we can produce the best content for the fans, then mission accomplished.
2: It's funny you mention about uh, like helping people discover F1 because a lot of people wanted to know how we got into F1. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming it's all the same that it's just like my family. Yeah.
0: I grew up in Brixworth as well, which is just north of Northampton, which is where they produce the um high performance powertrains for now mercedes but it used to be ilmore engineering that did like mainly mclaren um so everyone in my village was either working in f1 or around f1 so i was lucky that it was inevitable almost and luckily my family liked it as well but we were just saying like there's not many stories where somebody hasn't introduced you in some way
2: Mm. i just saw i just saw an advert for an f1 race and then me and my mum and dad started watching it and then literally we were just hooked yeah. ever since
0: yeah
1: yeah and you. my and uh my dad was uh, well, it still is uh really into f1 and uh, i was just
2: plonked in front of the tv yeah.
1: at three years old and that was it you know uh me for life
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i
0: knew you were gonna get that in somewhere yeah, I, I, was, I was
2: saying Shumi. actually about uh to you the other day that um i should probably shout out to my dad as well because me and my dad were the people that um if you see uh, at the end of races i was telling you about this when that guy's carrying the drs sign and leaving the circuit that was basically me and my dad like Stealing going to f1 Paris races and Analia. seeing what goodies we could get so like the <laughs> the best one we ever got was um should probably cut this if it's borderline criminal activity <laughs> but um we you know the car. you know the signs above the pit lanes yeah uh, so i've got Josha stappens uh pit sign from monaco uh when me and my dad went to the first race we ever went to uh, your first race was monaco well yeah so we went to uh, right, silverstone baller. we went to silverstone for like practice sessions cuz okay. they were like five quid and we yeah. were like let's do it RRP, let's, r- yeah yeah, yeah exactly um so it was like well let's Go to Monaco rather than because we did it really cheap. (laughs) Well, it was really cheap. That's the next thing. They were were, the tickets were back then. I imagine it was general admission. uh, Thursday was uh, free. (laughs) Really? Thursday was free. That's cool. Uh, And yeah, we went to this race and um, it was the old pit lane where you could uh, essentially be in the pit lane Mm because it was just you walk the track afterwards because it's public streets. Yeah. And I remember my dad just asking an arrows mechanic because we were massive. Orange arrows fans, which is why the logo is black and orange. So there's a fact for so you. So
0: secretly WTF one is arrows. Arrows. Oh. Would re- aligned
2: Yeah. Um so yeah, m- my dad just said like, Can we have that sign? And an arrows mechanic was like, oh, I I'm not gonna stop you. I don't know who it belongs to. <laughs> if I look to. over
0: here and it's gone, yeah, I won't say that anything. Sounds like permission basically that. Yeah, and, that's the So
2: so many people did the same thing but so the, Nowadays, my dad was I trying to probably
0: get assassinated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well,
2: we walked past so many people with that sign, but I remember going in, and this is another fate moment, right? My dad's trying to get the sign off, um, and he needed a, like a screwdriver or something because it was screwed onto the wall. And, so you're literally
0: tearing down. Yeah, this yeah, guy. yeah. <laughs> you're helping. This <laughs> is Mechanics like a, this is like stuff. yeah. So
2: the, so like everyone <laughs> was packing up and stuff, and uh, my dad was like, "Tom, go find like something. We need something to like, unscrew this sign." So I walked into the Minardi garage, right, which was, (laughs) this sounds so made up, which was like a shed, like this is like the old pit lane, so like the back marker's got a shed pretty much, and the only thing that was in there was a knife, like a butter knife. Yeah. So I was like, that's weird. That'll do. That's the only thing in the garage. Got it. Yeah, so no Uh, no no screwdrivers, no no, talker. Nothing, they'd packed up everything apart from this knife, so it was like... That's meant to be. Take this, <laughs> unscrew, get home. The Stappen sign on my wall for in my bedroom. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So, wow. sorry, Monaco police. Did you return the butter knife? That's why I want to know. Jeez. Uh,
0: or did you leave it in the Eros garage? Yeah,
2: I, I sent a a Letter to Menardi. <laughs> left. You left them out of business. Yeah, you? I know. Yeah. I know you
0: really need this butter knife back. So here you go.
2: I triggered so There you go. All right,
1: well, there you go. The founder of W T F One is a thief. Uh, so if you want to, you know, come a the prosecution, you've got a you've got a witness statement right there. Please uh, don't go stealing all the signs
2: from F One races now. Yeah, please this.
1: don't. To be fair, there's a lot more security nowadays. Yeah, they there? wouldn't. You wouldn't be able to do it now. Right, some quick fire random questions then. Nixo thirteen. Do you watch F One with shoes on?
2: No. no. If I'm
0: in my house, no. Not no. an animal. Wait, yeah. Who wears shoes inside?
1: <laughs> Nick's over 13, apparently. A strange question, you. but um, this is 82. There's loads of Zs. That's why I did it. What's better in Formula One now compared to 10 years ago? A lot of people don't like DRS or hybrid, but do, what do you think has improved just as a quick? What's improved? Mm.
2: There's a lot improved. The coverage?
1: I, I think the coverage
0: is yeah, better. Yeah, I think it's definitely more open and towards like helping people understand what's going on.
2: I think the, the problem is it's, it's so easy to look back on 10 years and just see highlight reels. And exactly, go. The especially, days. especially like, you, you grew up in the Schumacher era probably loving it because he was winning everything. Oh but God, I loved it. That, well, not 10 that, years that, ago. That era as, as a... 10 years
0: ago was 2009.
2: Oh God, it was. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Schumacher. going
0: Schumacher. Try 20
2: years. But, but okay, but, but say so, so, so we go 15 years back, everyone that so during old. that era yeah. was like, this is the most boring era, the same drivers winning all the time and stuff. Now, people look back on the air and they're like, listen to the V10s, they're amazing. in yeah, the old days. The same thing will happen. Yeah, people, exactly are, that. people in 15, 10 years' time, they'll go, remember when Hamilton and Vettel were fighting. Five titles they were the real legends not these guys like there'll be new drivers and and people will be like oh they're nothing like lewis and every era has given
0: us something different and something i think to be excited about and even though there are changes like it's just it's just the evolution of f1 and that's not a bad thing like yeah they're quieter but is that that, doesn't bother it me doesn't anyway. it doesn't bother it's not that's not affecting the racing so it might it. affect the spectacle but then there's so many other things that add to the spectacle nowadays that we didn't have 10 years ago so the, i don't ever look back and go oh i wish we had this now or you know all i sorry all i want is you know good racing um drivers that have got massive potential being given that opportunity to kind of stretch their legs and do amazing races and have the accessibility to be able to go and see racing
2: people moan about pay drivers as well and i know we going about like stroll and all these people but
0: they still have to they, race the they, car yeah
2: and in the 90s they were literally like yeah. they they got like people in that were just like oh my dad owns a business do you want to drive this exactly. car his millions of yeah. pounds of cigarettes it just wasn't
0: money. a thing back then so it wasn't reported on whereas now yeah. it's like okay okay thanks
1: Rory uh, for telling us we've been going one hour ten okay couple more questions Ibrahim Bachara if you could choose any racing number what would it
2: be mine would be seven
0: mine would be six or twenty one just because they're lucky numbers
2: you're gonna take the piss out of me for this but when I used to race online my number was thirty three and that's for Verstappen's number and it was purely Uh, coincidental I'll have you know
0: okay Okay,
1: this one we wanted to to cover um, well two actually and then we'll, we'll finish Josh Holland says tips for journalists pursuing a career in F1
0: I I would actually say um, don't specialize in the written word just purely because today's day and age you need to be like multimedia talented so whilst writing is massively important and it still adds to you know Tommy's background is in writing and and, um, kind of journalism but he still writes a lot of the scripts for the videos that we produce so I would say master your skills in in writing absolutely but also learn about video and multimedia and apply that to that and start generating a portfolio because ultimately you know when whenever we're hiring as much as like it's great to see your qualifications and it's great to see like what you've done i want to see physical evidence yeah. of what you've done just like we said like when we approached you we could see immediately what you were producing Um, with Rory like we asked him for a showreel and we wanted to see and then we took him on a test shoot so that we could see like what he was doing so definitely work your portfolio up and network it's who you know not what you know that will get you a job in this industry so start talking to people go on LinkedIn find people that have the job you want and ask them you know is it one is there anything going at your place don't be afraid to ask that because if you don't ask you don't get and secondly find out what they had to do to get to where they are and any advice they've got for you to kind of do the same essentially
1: Smashbang wallop Okay and finally uh, you wanted to address this Jess from Freya 33 do you feel there aren't that many women in motorsport because of the stereotype around it being male dominated
0: Ending on a bit of a controversial one I know controversy um, I think the so first and foremost don't label yourself as a woman in motorsport there's a lot of stuff at the moment talking about women in this um, you know, the W series is one of those things that's kind of hit a nerve for a lot of people. Um, but I would say, look at yourself as an individual, male, female, whatever you are, um, and don't label yourself. Just think, you know, am I skilled enough to be doing the job that is being advertised or is, is available in, in motorsport? And go for it. Don't let labels hold you back. Um, I've never looked at myself and gone, I'm a woman in motorsport. Like, I'm just Jess. And I happen to be in this job and it happens to be a motorsport and I hope I'm doing an all right job. Um, But that I'd say like, first and foremost, like don't, don't apply labels because you're already like setting yourself up for a fall.
1: Well, there you go. Not as controversial, maybe as very well said uh, in a way, it's positive, inspirational, that person and any other females out there will be feeling Much better now. Okay. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for watching this Ask Us Anything podcast. We've talked about ourselves for an hour and 15, which is impressive. I mean, um, yeah,
0: easily done. Yeah. Sorry if we bored you.
1: Could have gone four hours. Uh, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yes, so. yeah, my stomach's starting to rumble. So yeah. I was really scared that it was going to start yeah. getting picked up by the mics. <laughs> <laughs> I really need to go eat something. And then oh, we'd, oh, hear, yeah. we'd hear it. We'd hear it. I actually had a massage yesterday. But, Weird. What? I had a massage yesterday and the therapist, her stomach was rumbling through the entire 40 minute massage. And I there was a point where I was going to go, love, go eat a Kit Kat or something like literally just go eat something and you didn't want to be something. that person I don't want to be that person so it's a good job we're ending <laughs> okay
2: so this is going to get a bite can I, just, oh. can I just have one final thing oh, no, uh, no, so no. during that podcast I had to itch my ear have you Have you taken your headphone off yet no it's the weirdest just do it now <gasps> Once.
1: yeah so ooh. oh
2: it's weird isn't it Well, thanks thank uh, no one else right, is going to
1: feel that right sensation I right uh, just won't uh, right see your, your reaction thank you so much for watching this ask
2: us anything podcast
1: let us know if there's any other questions that we haven't you know Answered, and we'll do a few in the comments uh, when this goes up.
2: So, uh, Rory, will look forward to our four-hour special.
1: Thanks, Rory's Rory. love life. Rory's enjoyed this whole podcast. I'm Matt. He's Tommy. She's Jess. Hi. And we're WTF1. Bye one. bye.